Hello, well, this is Blonde Haired Girl, and do I have a story for you? This one's a doozy. <laughs> that was a term I, we used to use when I was young. It's a doozy story. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if we say anything like that today. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, and the reason why I'm sharing this story is that I it's the middle of the night, and I, and I um, had a dream about this person. This person was in my dream. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna share this story and I suppose it's okay. It's it's been many years and there's absolutely no association with any of these people whatsoever, right like for years. Um, the characters in this story, the which happens to be a true story. <clears throat> so uh when I was uh when I was young, I may, you know, in my last podcast, I was talking about Jane Austen, who my daughter makes fun of me and tells me I'm a fake Jane Austen fan because honestly, I've never read one of her books. My daughter bought me Pride and Prejudice, but I, I have not read it. <laughs> I haven't. I, I went to read it and there were, there was like, it was about a quarter of the book is full of lineology, uh, which I don't really understand. Um, but I, I've watched the movies, and I remember seeing Sense and Sensibility, uh, and it was like, to me, it was a quintessential perfect movie. I just, it was the perfect story with, like, the perfect endings, and I... I was hooked. I, I, I just, I love Jane Austen. And, and the intricacies with which she talks about the condition of female. Uh, her time was different than the time that I live in, but not so different. I mean, different, but not so different. So... I uh I grew up uh somewhat on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh I and I allude to that, but it was really it was really something that that was a internal thing for me as I got older because I I was associating with people who were from the right side of the tracks and and had never quite experienced that but and so um so being from the wrong side of the tracks was um not an easy place for me okay so i i was raised a roman catholic a very very staunch catholic family a very strict my parents were very strict uh, both of them being held to principles that I, there was a lot of fear for me and not adhering to the principles that my parents wanted me to in like chastity and virginity. And not that I feel like they um, really shoved that down my throat, but the the church certainly did. And there was the implication that that I was going to adhere to these, uh, 
these particular set of rules um, and that I was going to get married and I was going to have children and I was going to be a wife and that was my role in this world. Almost to the point where love wasn't any part of it. And I'm I'm just going to put that out there. It was sort of like love was superfluous. Um, find a, a quality match um, and and so I had I had boyfriends almost prematurely. Like my first boyfriend was when I was like, I think I was turning 14. Uh, I was a child. <laughs> and, but he was very important to me. Because my parents, you know, and, and I say that, I say this with, with absolute like love in my heart, but I don't know that my parents, especially my mom, really wanted children. This was back in a time when, like, whether you wanted them or not, you were having them. Not not that my mom had an unwanted pregnancy or, or anything like that, but it was very dutiful back then and and at least for my parents because they were Roman Catholic and so my my parents going into parenthood not being well parented either one of them really uh, I'm not going to get much into their childhood but um, you know they just played their roles and and then my sisters were pretty older than I was, and so I was really left to myself a lot, um, almost to the point of neglect. I remember as a child, I I used to I remember like taking from my dad, so I kind of stole from my dad. I would take money; it was forty five cents off of my dad's. Uh, desk there was just like this um thing of change to get the school lunch because my mom wasn't the kind to like pack a lunch like you know I mean I don't she wasn't the type to make sure that I was fed she just wasn't um as far as I can remember and so it was imperative that I have boyfriends like the my first boyfriend like he in some ways sort of saved my life and then my second and and so I had these boyfriends in long-term relationships as a really young person um like my second boyfriend I was with him for like three years which is a really long time for a young person um, and, you know, and then, um, and then this story. So, uh, and I was, this was just shy. I met this person just shy of my, um, my 20th birthday. So I was like, all I was 19, but almost 20. <clears throat> um, and I, I I believe, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty positive about that, 
so funny because I'm like trying to recall things properly and I think that's correct um and I think I must have met him somewhere in February of that year which was quite cold um and I, w- I was really active in my church and I had been asked to go to a a confirmation retreat not that not my confirmation retreat but for the for high school kids that were going to be confirmed and so I went on this retreat and in walked the man of my dreams into this retreat um you know I suppose as a as an adult I could say to myself that that this was this was not but there was there was it was like love at first sight for me um he he was gorgeous to me in my in my feeling and um and i was a, i was really quite quiet and shy when i when i was um when I was younger and so I I was really quite quiet I mean like literally and didn't talk much and um just really listened and I was listening to his conversations with other people I'm really paying attention and everything and I think that we may have said a few words to one another I I I don't remember but um and he he seemed to be there like as some kind of friend or something to a priest who happened to be one of my favorite priests back then um back then um so i remember and and, and at the time i i I I was having this remembrance uh, a couple of days ago that I was already into these principles back then. This is what I knew. I knew that I had everything that I needed or wanted, but I couldn't always see it. I knew that um, because I, I had... Aside from all of this, I had a very strong love for God as a young person. Just love for God. And and so I remember my parents, the, the retreat ended and I had this sense of sadness that I was, I was like walking away from this man that I had met that I really liked. And I remember getting in the back seat of the car and then just choosing to trust. Like I had no idea how he was going to, I was ever going to see him again, but I, I just had to trust in that. So I suppose I was the lucky one and that God, you know, <laughs> I'm being a little sarcastic. Um, this doesn't have a good ending, what I'm trying to say. So, so a few days later, I think like 
that would have been like a, I don't know. So I'm guessing like on a Tuesday, I receive a letter from this man. And, and he, he picks me up, um, and we start to date and I'm completely enthralled with this guy. And, and I, and he, and he asked me to marry him, like in short time, like within weeks of knowing me I and I don't I don't quite understand this because this has happened to me several times in my life um where a man has asked me to marry him like very very quickly and I um I don't know why but he asked me to marry him very quickly uh and so we were quickly engaged but he he didn't want to tell anyone until he was able to tell his priest friend he wanted to tell him first and 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 then there were I started to to like notice the thing with the priest was just kind of weird like he used to just disappear for weekends like the priest would take him on trips um, like to Sedona. I remember taking trips to Sedona at the time I was living in Phoenix. And, you know, and, and my parents knew we were engaged and everything. And my parents thought it was just really, they started to become like really suspicious. And, and rightly so, you know, I, I can understand their, their concern about this. And, and I remember, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think he was a teacher at the school. Now that it's coming back to me. And he coached teams. So he coached a, a baseball team at his school. And, and he was also studying to go into law school. He wanted to be a lawyer. And I actually thought he wanted to be a politician um and apparently he didn't because i don't see him ever in any public office whatsoever um you know i mean I, i've been expecting all these years for his name to pop up you know for the presidency and it never has uh he he was a an absolute straight ticket democrat which was like totally the opposite of what i was when i was young but I, I, I ended up changing parties. Um, I, I around nine eleven. I think it was like, on almost, um, right around nine eleven. I changed parties um, for the reason that it went from shock and awe to Iraqi freedom, and I just started to see the circus of a lot of things, and I changed parties, um, but that's beside the point. Um, so he was a teacher at the school. They were taking the students to Washington, D.C., and the priest was coming. And I remember I dropped my fiancé and the priest off at the airport. 
And I remember the priest just staring at me. And I thought it was really weird when my fiance was saying goodbye to me. It was almost as if he was watching to see what that would be like for that separation. So the relationship itself was really interesting. Um, I, when I was really young, I had a whole lot going on in my head that I wasn't sharing with anyone. I mean, it was very philosophical even back then, but I, 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 and I, and I hadn't really formed any original thought yet. I didn't start to, to form original thoughts until I was able to get away from my parents. You have to understand, I, I, it was also the control of my beliefs, my core beliefs as a conservative and as a, a Republican Catholic person from conservative Catholic parents. I mean, I, um, you know, but soon after this, I mean, I completely, um, I mean, I left the church in in my 30s, in my early 30s. I left the church, and, and I tried other churches, um, but, uh, but anyway. So I think that he found me, I don't know, maybe boring. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was, was that... And, and it ended up ending and ending very badly for me. Um, that I, I was, I was really in bad shape. I couldn't eat. Um, I think I was sleeping okay, but I couldn't eat. And I was still in school. I, I had to go to my last semester of college when the breakup happened and I, 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 he has no idea how devastated I was. I mean, I was, I was a fraction of who I was when I was with him. I mean, I was really sad. I was really heartbroken. Um, and he appeared to just exit the relationship happily. Um, and, and I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know why, but here was this other layer of it was that I believe that I, that I was the cover up. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if this man was full on gay, my fiance was full on gay, or if he was bi, or because him asking me to to accept the fact that they were just friends and taking these trips together. And there was some weirdness going on there. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that I wasn't just entirely the cover-up. That I wasn't somehow picked out, out to be the cover-up, the the so that they could carry on in their relationship 
and you know because it was very and I, and I think that he and I may have had conversations about you know the fact that I was I was supposed to accept um their relationship him just taking off with this this priest <laughs> and as I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm thinking about the way that I felt in that relationship there was a lot that I really liked about myself at the time I was I was maybe not at my peak, but I was I was a violinist and I was playing in the ASU orchestra and and sometimes in chamber orchestras at ASU and and I and I liked being with him because he was really smart and and I just liked what it felt like. I mean, I remember um, <laughs> I remember I'm having this memory of like being I think he was house sitting at somebody's house and and cooking and me practicing the violin I was just I was playing the violin in the living room and he was cooking dinner or something and there were times that were like quite romantic like I remember um, I was at NAU. I was. I ended up at NAU. It's a long story that I don't really want to get into, but um, where I didn't tell my parents. It was like the only time that I remember like full on lying to them. But I was indeed an adult. I mean, I was almost twenty two. I think I was twenty two at the time, and and I would get a bus ticket, and he would pick me up at the bus station in Phoenix and I would spend the weekend with him and it was it was really peaceful to be with him and um and it was the first experience that I'd I'd ever had quite like that um and then he would drop me off at the bus station and I would I would get back (laughs) but anyway so when the when the breakup happened I I I I really learned, it was like a huge learning experience for me about because I really wanted him back. And I and I had dated, I dated, I don't even know how many men that I dated between him and a person that I ended up marrying. Um, I don't even know how many men I dated. I can't. I mean, it's so weird. Like when I thought about it, I was like, okay. And then there was that one. And then there was that one. I mean, I think it may have been like a hundred men and I'm, and I'm making jokes. I mean, it just went out on dates. Not like I slept with all these people. I want to be clear about that, but, but I went on a lot of dates and it was like a lot of no's. No, 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 absolutely no, no, no. You know I mean? It was, it was, um, and so I was quite worried about how I was ever going to be able to make a match but with another person. But I prayed that this person would come back to me. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I mean, I remember sitting on my, on my knees 
I mean, on my knees praying that this person would come back to me. And so, and then, so the breakup happened in like August. And then in September, my dad passed away. And so I lost two of arguably the most important people in my life at that point. And I, I wasn't doing well. I, I really wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty awful. Um, and it changed the trajectory of my life. It changed my, my core beliefs. It, it, because before that, I, I had this belief that they're always talking about, like this love attraction that that term just bothers me so much I can't even tell you um but this whole belief that we can be do or have whatever we want that's a direct Abraham Hicks um quote be do or have whatever it is that we want okay so if that's true then why did that person not come back to me? And, and the theorists have tried to, they've tried their best to set it up that, that it's a, this foolproof formula that, that kind of like a, what do they call that in chemistry? Isn't it a formula? Um, and you, you do this, you do this, and then this is, this is the result. I can, I can look back on this, on this scenario with this man that I loved and the priest and say that I, I do not believe I would have been happy with him. I wouldn't have been happy with him. I wouldn't, I, I would have really been uh, miserable. And I also, I don't know that our marriage would have lasted. Um, as I, as I got older and I, and I feel like in my different, different relationships with men in particular, I, I really, I had this inner dialogue and had so much going on in my head that I just didn't share with them. I just didn't share with them because they weren't, they were not interested in that kind of dialogue. They weren't. They didn't want to talk about philosophy. They didn't want to talk about, you know, ETs, um, you know, the things that were, that were going on in my head, they were not interested in. Uh, and, and so I feel like in some ways, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I hid myself. So I, they, they really didn't even know me. They didn't, they thought they knew me, but they didn't really know me because I had so much, going on and, and, and and, I mean, and I remember, you know, in this one relationship, I mean, I always had my head, my face in a book, 
Like he was always driving and I was always reading and I'm reading and reading and reading. And I was just, I was, you know, a nonfiction. I, I'm not a fiction. I mean, I've read some fiction, but very little, mostly nonfiction books. And so then I spent a whole lot of years alone and I alone with my philosophy. And now I, you know, so for the past, I don't know how many, five years I've been sharing with you all. (laughs) Or maybe it's been three, maybe it's been four years I've been sharing all this stuff with you guys. And, and I didn't, I didn't really know myself. I didn't, I, I, I was locked into a, a belief system of Catholicism, but, you know, and, and this idea also, so I'm, I'm kind of talking both sides of the coin here because I did believe over the years that I had whatever it was that I needed but I just couldn't see it or it just hadn't come yet. Or, and I, and I, and I really believed in that. I did. But I also believed that there was sort of this stream, this stream of life that we're in, that we are sort of a victim to kind of like storms. And, and that, I was in the stream of life and I, I was a victim to it and I, and I was just stuck with whatever life was going to bring me and when it was going to bring to me, which is still an issue because I'm, I'm going to use the word complaining about it all the time because I kind of am. Like I don't understand, you know, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll give you a little example even of what I'm talking about even now. So I... I told you all about the story about this TikTok person who presented with these little synchronicity things and she had said the Fonz and the next thing I know I'm watching The Martian and there's Happy Days and Fonzie and then he, they take a picture of him and he has the thumbs up for the Fonz, right? Okay. So she's given a whole bunch of them. She gave a, a white lighter... She gave a green tack and she's given a couple other ones that I can't remember, but those two I remember verbatim and um, I haven't seen them yet. And because the thing with the Fonzie happened so beautifully, I, I've been expecting to see it. So I've, I've had this expectancy and it hasn't happened yet. So like, so like what's up with that? Like, what really is up with that? Why haven't I seen a white lighter? Why haven't I seen a green tack? Why? Um, <laughs> because this is where I'm at with all of this, is, is I'm in a place where I want to master these skills. I want to be able to master these skills. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the game of creating my life. I, I'm I'm creating my life in some kind of flow because it seems obvious to me that that there is a flow of creation. It's you know, it's like 
stuff doesn't necessarily drop from the sky, you know, every day. Um, and thank God, because, you know, it's like, think, you know, I really would like a sandwich and then like, you know, a hundred thousand sandwiches fall from the sky. I'm being facetious, but I'm kind of not. But there is a, a, a timing factor that things, some things have to bake, have, have, have to gestate, um, have to marinate, have to, you know, come to fruition. It's a seed that's planted and it turns into the tree, which gives off the fruit. And so I don't have it all put together, but Anyway, I feel I feel a little unsatisfied with this particular podcast, although I think I will publish it because I, I and I'm going to do another podcast on this um, because I feel like I didn't I didn't really talk enough about the these core values and maybe I can just do it right now and not in another podcast because I have a little bit of time, but the expectation on me as a young person to be able to attract a proper husband in the lines of like Jane Austen, but also in Jane Austen books, generally speaking, aside from maybe Emma and maybe other books that I know nothing about, her characters a lot of times are from the wrong side of the tracks. They're on the right side of the tracks. They are, they are, they are, it is imperative that they make a positive match because they, they can't own land. That happens to, at this point in the U.S., not be the case. But I never had any mindset set that I was this this really powerful woman that I was going to own, you know, lots of land, have lots of money and, you know, and and you know, I I mean I don't know exactly how to how, how to word this. I I felt like I was I had to get a match and 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 in a match and in a husband those things would come to me through that relationship. You know, I didn't I, I didn't see myself as the provider of that for myself until it did become I became the provider of that for myself. What ended up happening for me is that I was with men, multiple men, not not just one. This didn't happen to me just one time. It happened to me more than once where it was fine for me to live in his house. That it was like great for me to live in his house. And and you know, and take care of his children and <laughs> and clean his and cook his meals and be like the quintessential housewife but not a partner 
not a financial partner. It was not the kind of relationship that they would ever be in if it were the opposite. I don't think that either one of these people would actually be with a woman who they were my beneficiary, be with who saw them as a beneficiary, as, a, as sort of like a child. I was like another child in the house. I wasn't, I wasn't their equal, not their partner, not their. And so. And so I and so I suppose, and and I think that this may be dichotomous to a lot of uh, maybe a lot of women's experience, but I think that it's interesting the way that Christian women today come off. You know, and I and I've and I've taken a lot of time to really think about it, and and not even necessarily just Christian women, but just women. That they would they would never in a million years stand for that. They are they are going to be on the house. There's no way that they would ever allow a man to treat them like that. Um, which I'm not saying neither here nor there. Like what what other people should do, but I just think it's interesting that just the happiness just to be a soccer mom and to be. You know, I get to ride in the truck and and then upgrade my wedding band, my wedding ring every few years. And somehow the size of my diamond is is indicative of the how much love this man has for me. And and sort of a trap for men that. If if he was in any way inclined to not be with this woman, she is going to take him for all he's worth. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, truly, it's like, it's like, these women are, are, are incredibly powerful. They come off as somehow this dutiful wife but they're they're incredibly powerful and and I just know cuz I've been around them you know and and I've watched and super interesting phenomena for me um and so I'm I'm in a completely different space than I was when I was young and and I and I'm sitting here as a, as an older person, you know, divorced, single, and I and I <laughs> I'm just going to give you like just a little a little example of <clears throat> I mean, I have tried to date uh, you know, over the last 5 years, I've tried to date and and it has been very challenging for me. The first thing is is that I I can't turn off the philosophy I can't turn off the dialogue that goes on in my head and and make light talk. <laughs> I mean, I try, you know, but, you know, and I try to not talk, I try to not, 
express, you know, because a lot of times like you can't talk to people because they don't understand what you're talking about. They just don't. Um, but, um, and then I notice little things that they say. I just notice these like little things that they say and I'm, and I'm, that really turn me off. Um, and so I'm going to give you an example from, from somebody like recent, this is pretty recent that, um, there was this gentleman that I've known from town, uh, for years. And, and so when I would go out, he, you know, was asking me to dance and we were, he was asking me to go to things. And, and so I was going to things with him and I, and I just really finally felt the need to like tell him that, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm single. I may be single today. I don't know. Um, but I, I wanted to let him know that I really have my heart set on someone and, and that I, I really don't know. And it's like, so if this person comes into my physicality, I, I would drop this guy. Um, and, and, you know, and I don't think that's right. You know, I mean, I, and I didn't tell him that, but in so many words, I just finally told him. Um, we had had this, this evening planned. Um, so we decided to go it as quote unquote friends, which is something that I have done quite a bit over the last five years is put men in the, the friend zone because I'm, I'm, because honestly, I've, I've had my heart set on somebody for five years now. Um, so we go out that evening and, um, and, uh, he, the first thing he said was that I dominated the conversation on the phone that day and which might've hurt my feelings anyway, but what really bothered me about it was that I knew that I didn't. I I knew verbatim that I did not dominate the conversation. And, and so he kind of made a joke of it. And then he just kind of reiterated that I dominated the conversation that day. And that bothered me. That was the first thing that bothered me. And then, and then he said, he said, um, I thanked him for dinner and he said, well, I don't mind doing that sometimes. And I, I was like, okay, like big red flag, like popping out for me. It's like, I, I really, if, if somebody doesn't want to buy me dinner, if somebody doesn't want to, you know, I can take my care of myself I've, I have established that if he doesn't want to take me out for dinner, if I'm not worth dinner, like, you know, and, and the implication that, that since we're in the friend zone, if I'm not getting what I, what I really want out of this relationship, which is a sexual relationship, if I'm not getting that from you, I'm not going to pay for your dinner. This is a currency um, kind of, kind of feeling. I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he meant by it. Um, um, and then he, he would, he had dropped me off at my place and, and he had had a backache and I, I I told him I wanted him to wait a second because I was going to run upstairs and get this cream for his back. And he was, he was, 
insistent, like, no, it's okay, another time. And I, and there was a whole lot that went along with that, that I, I haven't really figured out why it bothered me so much, but it was like, he was really rushed or he was really in a hurry to, to leave, or maybe he really was in pain or, I just felt like he wasn't willing to accept help, which I thought was really, was really, you know, and so I, and then we had had this other thing planned and he talked about either one of us driving. He said, well, one of us will be driving. And I, it's like, you know, I could drive myself. I've been driving myself. It's like, I, I want someone to drive me. I do. I want I want a guy who's like willing to drive me. I do. I <laughs> I want someone who wants to take care of me to some degree. You know, wants to buy me dinner, wants to take care of me. You know, I <laughs> I've been doing this. I can take care of myself. I've established that, you know, so there's no point in me being in a relationship with somebody else who where I'm going to be taking care of myself like <laughs> and I'm not worried about me taking care of somebody else. So so I let him know that that I didn't even think like I didn't think that we could actually really be friends, but I knew that I I didn't really want to become involved with him for the reasons that had happened that night. <laughs> and I didn't really even want to talk to him about the reasons because it was there was no point. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, the plight of of the of the single woman. All right, I'm rambling and I'm going to go. I appreciate you listening and I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.